I am unashamed. What about you? Yeah, I was in, when I was in Georgia at this event, there was a, a guy, he said he was listening. I think he said it was Larry the Cable Guy or something. He said they play a game. On, I guess they have a podcast or something. And they come up with these stories, and you have to figure out what's the true story. And they make stories up, and I don't know, I think it's a silly game among comedians. But he said I, he was telling me one of the stories that turned out to be true. Because I had done in my speech another one of my jokes that fell flat is that when I asked Missy to marry me, she's like, well, you know, you got to get my dad's blessing. I've, I've told this story before. Of course, she was she was like, what's well, a formality? But we didn't prepare for when I asked for his blessing, and he said no. <laughs> you know, will you bless the marriage? No. Nope. So then what? <laughs> And so one of the things that came up was he was like, well, what are you going to do for a living? And I was too embarrassed to say I'm going to build duck calls because well, at that time we were making very little money for that. I think I was basically getting paid room and board. <laughs> yep. So much less get married. So I told him I was, which I was kind of kidding, but he didn't get the joke and ne neither did the people that I shared this with. But I said, <laughs> well, actually I'm, I'm an air traffic controller because I was, you know, with the duck calls, we're controlling the traffic of birds in the air. I which, thought, which is a pretty good stretch. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but people that know me know that I have a disdain for flies because I, I feel like it's our responsibility as humans, the way when I read Romans 1, you, there's an order of priorities. You have God, humans, and animals. Do you I, like flies? How do you feel about flies? I have a fly swatter close well, to me at all times. There you go. And people now, they have, and, and part of the what came out of the conversation when we was talking about this real story that I'm fixed to share with you, is they were telling me about having these salt guns now, and they shoot flies, which actually is fun, and it actually works. So they said, well, did you hear what happened? There's a real story. So these, these guys in Germany, they're trying to set the Guinness Book of World Record for dominoes stood standing up that collapse. So they assemble 600,000 dominoes. And before they can complete the setup, a blowfly lands on one of the dominoes <laughs> and sends the potential world record down. In flames. All, all because of a fly. Because it took weeks for them to set this up. Yeah, all over one fly that lit. He was the one that got away, Jace. Believe it or not. <laughs> but it made me think, if everybody took my view on controlling the fly problem. That would have never happen. It, it would be a less of a problem. Because most people, look, they'll be having an outdoor dinner and there's flies all over everything. And they're just, they're just, I know where those flies have been. And guess what? It's not pleasant. What's, fu what's funny is we've, we've dealt with flies in so many different situations. We understand the difference in a house fly and a blow fly and all the different kind of flies because they all have different, ta they're all nasty, but they all have yeah. different tasks, which we've had so many through the years of commercial fishing and all that. We've had all those things.
I kill at least one fly every day. I would say that. Yeah, I, I and guess I've we been in places. That. Yeah, that I've been in places. Uh, you know, famous story when we had Willie took me to Colorado and we looked up and we went to we were at uh, Todd Helton's ranch and we were going to go duck I was going to go duck hunting they were going to go deer hunting and the first time I met Todd Helton you remember Todd Helton he played quarterback at Tennessee, Tennessee. and he wound up being playing for the Rockies you know and had a great career yep well we somehow got to his camp without him being there I think he was playing baseball well when he showed up the next day when I had walked outside, I didn't know that his ranch used to be a cattle farm. Well, there, and there was just flies everywhere. So I went out there and took a fly swatter, and I'm probably a thousand deep in fly kills because they just kept coming. And I thought, somebody's got to do something about these flies. So I didn't have <laughs> anything else to do. But when he pulled up, now you got to remember a thousand flies laying around me is quite a sight. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to kill these flies. And he just looked down, and there's a thousand dead ones. He's like, it's not going to matter. I said, well, it mattered to them. <laughs> I thought you would be. That's how we met. That was our opening. And he went in there, and was, I heard him whispering to Willie, like, if I was all there and some kind of mental <laughs> issue. Was, was he the brother that didn't quite have it all? <laughs> yeah. Which became funny, which why we Jason probably, Robertson, killer of flies. Yeah. I'm a yeah, we talked about this killer. on a on a podcast. One you weren't on, Jace. I guess it was when you were gone or something, but uh, Jay and Cy were talking about your um, obsession with flies. Although I'm I'm pretty close. I've got a fly swatter within reach in several different rooms because I don't like them either. I, mean, I don't like them lighting on my we food. Could, we they, could do a whole episode on, you know, I've told y'all before about my boys training them how to properly kill a fly. We don't play patty cake. We go in, we don't yep. care what's there. And I set the tone when my wife had bought this. She bought a uh, some something for Christmas. You know how they buy these things? and it, It's like every little piece of board had a little trinket that was representative of, Jesus's virgin birth, and it was like a big tower shaped like a, a tree with all these ornaments all over everything. I mean, it probably took her a couple of hours to put together, and she put it right in the middle of the table that's in our kitchen. Well, a fly, while I was cooking, lit on that thing, and I wasn't thinking that these are a lot of pieces that are fragile fragile <laughs> i rip this fly and this thing just disintegrates before my the whole thing it was like a game of jenga pieces break the whole thing collapses you're back on the six hundred thousand dominoes stacked up. that's what happened that's why yep. i thought y'all would find that story interesting but it is I'm sad I'm making the world a better place for all humans, and sometimes sacrifices have to be made. Flies exactly are, right. the father, are the fathers of maggots. That's I right. Agree. That's, so, un, that's enough to not let them get out of hand anywhere. And how many times in our fishing and hunting careers of our whole lives, how many maggots have we seen and had to deal with? over the course of all those years of cleaning at game. And I mean, it's just, 
brutal. That's I think that's why we morning. hate them so much. I took the trash out before I came down here, and when I opened the, you know, it's hot summertime here, and yep. they had just gotten the trash. Well, I opened the deal, and there was about, I mean, the uh, bin for the garbage outside. And there was a hundred maggots in the bottom of it. Just, you know, what my thought was, I need to kill more flies. Yeah, <laughs> you need to you need to check your trash more often <laughs> no well, they they come get it once a week well what do you think's going to happen when something gets in there it's 110 degrees in the shade yep that's why we have I a fly it. problem yep that's why i clean my can so i had a, so i had something i had ne- i had never thought about so i wanted to run it by y'all um yesterday there's a one of my neighbors down here a wonderful christian couple we we talk to them every time we come down and so we were talking yesterday and i think i told the story on the podcast before um her mom had been struck by lightning years ago, uh, tragically. She's a, a full-blood uh, Cherokee Indian, her mom, and a wonderful woman, great Christian woman. She got struck by lightning. and But on, they said on the outside, you couldn't tell she was even hurt, but inside, you know, it just, you know, electrified her. And so she was dying, and she was in the hospital, but they knew she wasn't going to make it. And they were all just kind of giving their goodbyes and all this stuff. And and the guy said, Peter, he said it was his mother-in-law. He said his father-in-law said he looked over at her and she wasn't saying anything, but she was aware, you know, because she had been talking to him. And he looked at her and he said, are you about ready to go? And she said, yep, I'm, I'm ready. And she just closed her eyes and that was it. And then she went. And he was telling me this last time I was down here, and I thought, man, that it just it impacted me because I thought that's the way I, you know you want to be at the end. Like you're just like, okay, I mean, had a run here, got struck by lightning, is a bad deal, but Lord, Lord's ready for me. I'm ready to go. So we were talking again yesterday. And they were telling me about their grand. We were talking about grandchildren. They're telling me about their granddaughter. I think she's ten now, and they were saying how much she was like. The, her great grandmother, like she had a lot of the same characteristics. She's very curious about her because she obviously didn't get to know her because she died before she came along. And they were telling me this and they said, here's what they said. And I had never thought about this before. So I wanted to bring it up and see what y'all think about it. She, they said, you know, it was, we feel like that she died the same year that this grand, their granddaughter was born. She was born a few months after the, the great grandmother passed away. And they said, it seems like she carries her spirit in her was the way they framed it. But what got me thinking was, is that, you know, spirits are somewhere until they come into a a body that's created when two people come together. Right. I mean, we know once a physical body begins in a mother's womb, then the spirit comes in at some point during that process. And when that person is born, they have a body and a spirit and a soul. And so I thought, you know, there's some place before they come here to earth to, to, to go into a human body and then they become that person. And then there's somewhere after you leave here, I, I wonder, is there, is there any interaction potentially possibly because, you know, sometimes you see generational people that act a lot like their people that were before them. And I had never thought about it before. There's no way. I don't know that we can know this necessarily biblically, because it's kind of an unknowable thing until you kind of, until you get there. But I found it fascinating, just the thought process of, I wonder if you could have interaction with someone from before or later, you know, outside of our realm. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Well, I think a few podcasts ago, I brought this up from first Peter 
you know, I believe Jesus went to those spirits during those three days. Yep. And had some sort of conversation based on first Peter three, where is it? 18. Yep. It said, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago. And then he gets into the days of Noah, which I think I made the illustration then that I think when we're baptized, because he's the one that made the analogy, not me, that the spirit is declaring to all of the spirit world outside of Jesus that I've now won because of Jesus, because of my surrendering to Jesus, and you've lost. Because I can't imagine what else Jesus would have said to the spirit world of those outside of Jesus in that moment. The spirits that Noah had talked to God working through his spirit spoke to the people when they were in, before they their spirits departed, their souls departed from them. They were warned there's a big water coming. By faith, yeah. Noah, you know, he, 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 he said, there's a big water coming and you will be destroyed unless you recognize that. And they all laughed at him. So the bottom line is when they all died, were drowned, the eight that were left the Apostle Paul just makes the point that, uh, look, I mean, uh, Peter may, makes the point that now they're in spirit form, but the Lord w- went and told them all, this is what happens when you when you don't listen to my instructions. This is what happens. Yeah, which uh, that we talked about. Let's take a let's take our first break. One of the best things about owning your own home is gaining equity in that home as you pay it off or maybe pay it down early. You gain equity as you go along in your house. It's one of the few things that you have that gains, you know, appreciates instead of depreciates. So all of us would be very upset if someone figured out a way to steal the equity in our home. And yet that's exactly what cyber thieves have figured out how to do. Uh, They go online, they search hundreds of public databases. They're looking for high equity homes. They find your home. They somehow get their way to your online title. They forge your signature. Now they say that, that you sold your home and they start taking out loans on your equity. And it's a, it's a really sad thing, and it's one of the main assets that we have. So you're not covered by insurance. You're not covered by the bank. So all these theft programs can't help you. You need someone to be able to do that, and that's where our sponsor, Home Title Lot, comes in. Register your address if you go to HomeTitleLot.com. Make sure you're not already a victim. Then you receive a complete title history of your home, and that's a $100 value. You get that for free. So go to HomeTitleLot.com and make sure you still own your home. Um, we talked about that even back then, Jace. It, was it was it just the same spirit of Christ in the sense of in the time frame of when it happened and the same one now, or did he go back or, or did he speak to those who were in some place? I mean, I, I, there's no, again, it's an well, unknowable situation, but it's fascinating to think about it. But, you know, you think about it physically, we carry attributes of our ancestors, right? And the closer you are, the more you look like 
your dad, your grandpa, your whatever, we see those physical attributes, but I never really thought much about spiritual attributes because we, we, and, and when I say spiritual, I don't mean spiritual as in godly. I mean like our spirit that animates us because I would say like even the Robertsons, I mean, we, we have a certain way about us, right? When Phyllis showed up out of my past, it was astounding to me that she had a picture taken of Melissa that's that's Melissa would be my what first cousin no she's your uh, niece my niece your niece Phyllis and my niece stood side by side and you couldn't tell them apart they, they are it was exactly actually, they, it was actually Melissa's daughter it was Melissa's daughter Peyton that the picture correct. you saw it so it was yeah it was her second cousin and you're and right they, it, but if you if you rewind the tape of life when al and i were discussing the possibility of this because we've had numerous people claim that they were kin to us or whatever yeah yep. but when i saw her picture you remember Al? i said you might yep. look into that that that's what yep. got my attention more than anything even though but she's an exact replica of yep. my niece's daughter i mean those two she stood together with them and they're a match i mean so it's the same pretty- thing, Dad. She, she, so my youngest daughter, we, we took a picture of her when Alex was four years old. We took a picture of Phyllis when she was four years old. Exact replica. Little blonde. Yeah. They looked exactly the same. I mean, look at that. They could have been twins, obviously a lot of years apart. So that's what I'm talking so you're about. You're right. See- the spirit bouncing in and out or whatever of the human race, uh, it there's something that goes along with that, especially it is. just by looking. Because, you know, we don't we think about people tend to think only physically or like your brain, you know, has these synapses and they fire and, you know, does all sorts of things. But that's not what gives you animation. I mean, that is literally your spirit. And and when you die, it's gone. I mean, your brain is still in there. It's not firing yep. anymore, but your spirit is gone. And it yep. was it was somewhere and it was then in you and then it's somewhere again. And so I, I just found that fascinating. I never really thought about if there was seems interaction. To be, but it seems to be Jesus is all about recreating that again when most people, death is the finality They're in their minds that this is final. It's like the guy from, from uh, the UK you know, he, he watched something, they called it something, but uh, I was on there to, to give him my testimony about coming to Jesus. He said, you know, I was taught all of my life over here in the UK that you live and then you die and that's it. He yep. said, I was listening to this guy talking and he has turned my life around because he said death basically was the beginning of immortality because of your spirit and your yep. soul. Well, right. You, and he well, was like, he said, it's the greatest thing I've ever heard. He was just talking about the gospel of Jesus. He was a person who just thought, you're just born and you die, and there's no spirit that lives on our soul. You know, it reminds you of Jesus. said, don't worry about the ones that kill the body. Worry about the well, ones that get your body and soul in hell, you know. Well, speaking yeah. of the UK, you know, there's a new show on which, Y'all, y'all know I don't watch TV much, but I'm uh, always on. I'm the, Matt Dillon, and that's it. Well, I'm gonna it. give you another idea here. 
So, but I'm all about advertising. What gets my attention, I've said this a thousand times here, but when people of the world use biblical qualities as an advertising tool, I, I go see what they're, what they're up to. And most of the time they're just using this quality to get your money. But the UK, I think it's on the BBC channel, which is all across the pond. They have a new show called Eden. So I was like, well, I got to go see what this is because they, <laughs> they're going to do a recreation of the Garden of Eden. Yep. So I need to watch this. And so, these probably are uh, renowned atheists. Well, probably. who knows? But I wanted to go check it out. So I, I And I watched the first three. They're, they've released the first three episodes, watched all three. So what they did was they found obscure places that have had very little human involvement. And they just basically did a world-class cinematography filming of the animals that are there. And I'm oh, it's been fascinating. But as this is going on, I'm like, well, wait a minute here. Why are you naming this Eden? Because it, the whole point of Eden were people living there because God wanted to live people. So they just took the people out. And said, boy, this is awesome. And they're basically showing that you're either a predator or you're prey. That's what they're showing, which is, I kind of enjoy it. Because, you know, they're showing leopards or whatever, attack a deer. and But I've noticed they're real careful not to show, they try not to show the killing of it. Like, they they did one whole episode about a leopard sneaking up on a, on a bunch of some kind of deer. And then he actually got the deer, took him down to a dry valley where the creek was, but then a hyena got wind of it. Then he came down, and throughout that process, the deer jumped up and took off. So they, they ran that because it had a happy ending. Yeah. But I thought, well, if this <laughs> leopard keeps this up, he's going to die of starvation. I mean, that. <laughs> so it was amazing because they're like, protect the earth, which, look, I'm all for Let's Let's – do what we can. I'm an environmentalist from way back. I, I enjoy the outdoors and the earth, but I'm like, but your idea of Eden is having a place where all these animals are killing each other and there are no humans. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's basically it. You know, cause let me tell you what a human wouldn't last. Somewhere in all of that, they'll say we came from, from animals. Well, that, that, <clears throat> that's where we at. That, that's, that's why they got. I mean, I basically <clears throat> have gotten the impression three episodes in they were saying like, the animal world, this is us. The humans are, are the problem. Once we evolved, in quotation marks, to the human form, it became a problem because the humans started killing the animals. But I'm like, but the animals are killing each other because it's the way that it works. And you're showing it graphically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and to tell you the truth, the most miserable people on the planet are the people in that jungle filming it. Because I know what's going on there. Oh, yeah. Because you make one false move, and guess what? You're in the belly of a crocodile. Yeah. They're not showing that, though. So that's you know? interesting, though, Jace. You're right. So it's when, Dad, when you were young, the concept of humanism was everywhere. I mean, humans are number one. There is no God. Humans are the top of the, you know, you're, you're the, the top of the chain. Yep. Everything was about <clears throat> humanism. Now we're in what's called post-humanism, which means now we don't like humans. 
we, we still don't want God, but we don't want humans either. We yep, just, yeah. cause we're destroying the planet. We, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're bad. Yeah. We're, we fight well, all did, the time. Well, did you, Al, did you see where Bezos now? Cause this is like, I think there should be a show on just following him around. Cause it's what, what can you do with billions and billions of dollars? And I basically told you two or three things. Well, now he's setting up space stations. He's investing all this money. And he wants to move all industrial infrastructure to outer space. And so they interviewed him yesterday about it because they're like, what What are you doing now? It's like, we're going to set up because we're destroying the planet through industry and yep. manufacturing. Yep. So he's like, I'm going to help build bases and we take all manufacturing to outer space. I mean that he he's th- what I'm he's not, saying. I, this is not a joke. What he's he, saying he's is he's literally trying to do this. He's saying my compadres and myself, uh, make no mistake about it, we are God. That's what they're saying. We well, are I think he's trying to figure out when you put the three things he's doing with space travel, moving all industry out, and and he's also funding all these places to try to figure out how to extend your life. He's basically grappling with being perishable i mean you 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 can have billions of dollars but if you can't extend your life or extend the earth well what are we doing it for that's why he's they're making claims if y'all will follow me so you're right dad brings up a good point let's take a break so jace i'm assuming since you just got back from a trip you probably spent a lot of time listening to music uh, in your travel. Is that not true? That's, that's how you have to make it, whether it's an airplane, you know, you're even in the car. I mean, you gotta have some way to be able to kind of refresh and be uplifted and music does that worship music does it. And, and any kind of music is really powerful for that. I love it as well. One of our sponsors is a company called Raycon and they have simply made some of the best earbuds that I've ever tried. They're really fantastic. Uh, they have these gel tips and they got several different ones so you can get just the right fit for your ear and they do not come out because that's the biggest problem with earbuds a lot of times they pop out they have a 32 hour battery life which means you can listen for a long time before you have to recharge and they start at half the price of other premium audio brands so which is really good and they also have a 40-day happiness guarantee so you can't lose by trying these guys create your own soundtrack with raycon so Unashamed listeners can get 15% off their first Raycon order if you go to buyraycon, buyraycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash unashamed, save 15%, buyraycon.com slash unashamed, and start listening. So when you have billions of dollars, more than you could possibly, because he's got multiple billions now, more than you could possibly spend then in your mind, you, you know, on a, in a situation like planet earth, you feel like you are God because you, you control so many things, so many people's lives, everything. So why wouldn't you have a God complex if you had more billions than you could possibly ever spend? Most people think, Oh man, if I was like that, but so that therefore they, that's exactly how I think how they view themselves. I don't know that whether he's a believer or well, he's not. trying to fix a problem. Yeah. He, he was the CEO is, of the greatest company. Yeah. 
but his problem isn't 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 age old problem. Physical death. He physical it's in death. the way. It's in the way. The earth's wearing out. They think uh, he thinks we can get you up to about 150 years fairly easily once we get it all moved out of space. That we get 150. He's he's hoping that that he can up his. No, I age. think it's obvious, Al, that he's not a believer. I'm I'm because you look at what I do. So I just did a three day event. Well, I'm trying to give people the same hope that he's trying. That's right. I, I'm extending your life. Yep. Of course, I, we're doing it through Jesus for yep. forever. They're but saying we can get there without Jesus. I'm trying to give you an Eden, Eden that's eternal where you're you're it. You're, yep. you're spending time with God, quality, and if a crocodile eats you, it won't hurt you because you're imperishable. It's worth a look. <clears throat> yeah. So, I, I mean, we're doing the same thing because I'm looking at what he's doing, and I'm like, it's like, what's that game when you're like warmer, warmer? Well, I'm looking at him like colder, colder. You're, he's going to outer space trying to figure out how to extend his life. That's right. And I'm like, well, you'd think, wouldn't that be warmer? He's getting close to God. No, God's so much bigger than that. You're going to die on the way. That's it. It's impossible. That's it. And if you find a way to extend the earth, let's say even a hundred years by moving all industry or a thousand years off the planet, guess what? You're not going to be around to enjoy it. And he said, like, well, I'm leaving it for the kids. But at some point, those kids are going to grow up. There's a cycle. You're perishable and the earth is wearing out. Yep. It's inescapable. His only problem is he's having to deal with you say, well, is his story a better story than your story, the Jesus story? Your story is a better story. Well, it's way better. And and, and your your idea of he Eden, said humans can get fix it so your mortality is a, is 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 a, a lot less. We yeah. can fix it where we can get 150 out of it. We think we were the, with the right with the right setup. Well, what I'm saying space. is with with the UK, they're thinking our idea of Eden is a place that ha- hadn't been tampered by humans. Yeah. But then you just have animals in the earth. So if so, remove all the humans, and now we have Eden. Well, that's great for the animals. That's terrible for society. Because I think it comes back to that Romans 1. When you get those priorities out of whack, when you value uh, an eagle's egg over a human, unborn human, I think you start having a philosophy that leads to a lot of chaos and corruption. No doubt. Well, you're right. And that's why even even like pets, you know, I was watching a guy last night was talking about he, he's running for mayor in New York City. And he was like, if I get elected mayor, there's going to be no euthanizing of animals in New York City. And everybody's like, hey. And I just thought to myself, I mean, that it's it's a, you know, it's, he, he believes in that. He's running on a platform. But I thought, man, out of all the things that are the most important, I, I you know, that's where he that's where he lands. And I, but I think that's where people are. And, you know, this whole idea about space, you're really just delaying or pushing out the human problem. Have you noticed any time you see a futuristic movie where they've done all these great things like he's, you know, projecting. And so a movie, some guy will imagine what that would look like, but it never fixes the basic human condition, even in the movies. There's still somebody goes and kills somebody and then there's all this intrigue and that's what they're making the movie. But I mean. The yeah. human beings, as they go out, are still going to take all the same problems that you have here on the earth with you. 
wherever you go. So it's they're in an unsolvable situation because it's just all about the physical yeah. instead of the well, I told the you all more. the worst movie I ever tried to watch, which I never made to the end, so I don't know. But they had Tommy Lee Jones in it and Brad Pitt. It was called something weird, astronomical it was or something. Ad Astra. Yeah, something like called. that. Yeah. So Tommy Lee Jones is the is the God fearing believer, you know, and I think his son was was Brad Pitt, and he's they're going out there, they're chasing each other through space, and when they finally he catches up, well the the God believing character Tommy Lee Jones had gone crazy because he went out throughout space and realized that there's no God because he didn't find him, so then he just went on a psychopathic rampage and killed everybody else because there's no God. And we're basically, they're trying to get back to earth because there's nothing out here. We, and, and I thought, what kind of message is that sending? This, this is your fun, loving tingle, your, your spine movie that you went out in space, determined there's no God and that religious people, they're crazy and they killed everybody else. And so let's just go back to Earth and watch dogs jump in the water. Yep, that's pretty much it. Yep, <laughs> that was the story. <laughs> and you didn't even make it to the end. <laughs> I didn't make it to the end, but that's where it was headed. I was like, I cannot believe I just watched this, thinking I was gonna, you know, find some kind of inspiration. I mean, yeah. gee whiz, that moved into top ten things that would cause people to just you know, depression and oh, yeah. I, it was horrible. There's no hope. There's nothing out there. You got one life. Who cares what happens in it? Cause there's nothing out there. We're screwed. But it's really interesting because it really, from a standpoint of, of godlessness or atheism or whatever, you know, you would always wind up back in that place. Cause I mean, you look at even a guy like Bezos, like I said, he's making billions of dollars. He's got all these big plans about it, what he wants to do and pay it forward to the future. But ultimately, I mean, is that is that it? Is that so it's just only the accomplishment here. And for the few that have great accomplishment, I guess they're just like, well, we did something. But even that won't last. I mean, you look back at all the great thinkers of the past when they didn't have God. It was a very depressing, you know, yeah. existence because it's so limited it's finite you know on this well, earth well i think it comes from all things are possible that slogan that's the mantra in the, from the olympic games to going through space and we we want to believe that the problem is that story in matthew 19 where the rich young ruler who had, who was by all accounts a great guy who did right things but he had a lot of money and you have this conversation, which I don't believe is an accident with Jesus, where he's like, well, go sell everything you have. Because he he was of the same mindset of someone like Bezos, that if you have enough money, you can fix anything. You'll now, buy, you'll buy all, your way out of this thing. Well, all things are possible. You know why? Because i got $200 billion. Yep. So hold my $1,000 glass of wine <laughs> and watch this. <laughs> hold but, my golden chalice. Hang, hang on, let's, let's take a break. <laughs> So we spend a lot of time on the Unashamed podcast talking about being prepared for eternity. Is that, a, is that not a fair statement, you think? I mean, we talk a lot about being ready for the day, right? When either we, we pass or the Lord comes back. And that's the most important thing we could talk about. 
one of our new sponsors uh, talks about being prepared in this life because there are some things we need to prepare ourselves for here as well. It's a it's a company called Trust and Will, and they do online estate planning, um, you know, medical decision planning, things that you would put for your children or someone to know. Because let's face it, we don't know exactly when the day is going to come when something may happen to us, and if we haven't made any provision. Our children don't know exactly what to do, and so or whoever's taking care of us. So, uh, this is a great company. Uh, it would cost a lot of money to have to go and hire a traditional attorney. It's a lot cheaper for these guys as little as little as thirty nine dollars. Uh, you can nominate guardians for children. You can make future medical care decisions. All that from your own home, your own computer. Live customer support seven days a week. So uh, I'm looking forward to trying these guys out and seeing how they can help Lisa and I to be able to make great decisions. So gain peace of mind at trustandwill.com slash Robertson. And then you get 10% off plus free shipping of any customized legal documents that come to your home. So check these guys out. 10% off plus free shipping at trustandwill.com slash Robertson. That's trustandwill.com slash Robertson. And, and yeah, in that conversation, Jesus was like, because his disciples were like, if it's so hard for a rich man to go to heaven, because he said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, which is not possible. But if you had Bezos money, you'd probably be able to figure it out. I mean, make, make the camel down into one cell somehow and, and, and go through the eye of the needle. I mean, if you've got enough money, I'm sure you could try to make it work. But then Jesus made that famous statement where he said, well, man, this is impossible. Basically saying the principle, it doesn't matter how much money you got. You're not going to be able to pull off the big problems. But with God, all things are possible. That's why most audiences, I will at some point after I give them, the story about Jesus, God becoming flesh, dying on a cross, being buried and raised from the dead. I've asked a lot of groups out. I said, if, if you have a better story, well, stand up and tell it to us. And I just want to hear it. If you, if you have a story that will beat this one. And so far, with all the audiences I've ever talked to, no one has come up with a better story, Al. Right. None. Well, and, and it, and, like we were talking about, like I mentioned earlier, philosophies come along and then they become the predominant thought. You know, we've been talking about space stuff in movies. So when I was growing up, Star Trek, had, you know, my first years, that was a new show. And it's, you know, there had been some other space shows, but it was one where it was kind of like, you know, the first time they were like talking about human issues. Well, Gene Roddenberry, who created Star Trek, was a very famous humanist. I mean, he was at the forefront of the humanist movement. And so the idea was, yep. is that as human beings are traveling around through space, they're bringing this great human spirit and they're, they're bringing all these things that, you know, were, were from here on planet Earth and they're impacting all these other, you know, aliens all around the universe. And so that yep. was kind of the idea. Now you come along. In post-humanism, Jace just described it. Now the philosophy has shifted that humans are bad. We don't have anything to offer anybody. And so then it's just like, why would we even go if we can't offer anything good? Because we're terrible. So that just happened in your lifetime, Dad. I mean, I both it. are without God. 
One is like, man, human beings are going to be great and they're going to impact the universe. And then it's like, nah, we're terrible. We can't even manage our own planet. I mean, that's what's happened in 60 years. I was kind of swept up in the teaching until I hit about 28. And I said, wait a minute here. Uh, I hear this story and I'm like, hmm. I said, that's the best story. I wonder how I missed that story. So right in the mix right. there. And I've been here ever since. I'm like, I'm putting all my, my marbles in one bag. And you know what's interesting is from a Christian perspective, a believer's perspective, stuff about space travel and all that is intriguing to us because when Jesus left here, he left here going that away. So I don't know, you know he's beyond the material universe, wherever he's at, but he still left here going that way. And he did it without help of jetpack, rocket you know, yeah. rocket fuel, any of it. And so I yep. think Christians are intrigued by what's out there. And we get a lot of questions about, do, do you believe in aliens? And what does the Bible say? And I always say, look, yes, I believe there are things beyond this realm. There's angels. There's all kind of beings that we read about in the Bible that weren't of this earth. So there's stuff out there. There's no doubt no. about it. I, I, I don't know exactly what all's there, but there's stuff out there. And one day we're going to know about the whole ball of wax. Well, I think when you get off that, priority list though when you don't have god as the objective because we we know from the bible his principles are the way to live life and view life that's why he said love god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and we're always saying that and then you have the animal world and our responsibility to the planet and spec you know i'm all for flying throughout space but i'm realizing god god made all this and we're going to always keep those priority. Another funny story that that was I was telling you about that the uh, about the fly ruining the domino Guinness Book of World Records. But another story that they said came out of that was there there was a guy in Uganda because the, you know down there the the mosquitoes we have a lot of mosquitoes here. So anything you know a story about the outdoors or mosquitoes gets my attention because we do so much battle with them, but. In Africa, you know, they carry malaria and they kill you. Yeah. And so they're constantly trying to do something about the mosquito. I mean, wipe them out. And then you got the people who don't want to kill a bug fighting them about it. And it's like, well, it's killing people, you know. But they said, and this is a true story. This is one story that sounds false, but it's true. But they discovered a, a community in Uganda where nobody in a six-mile radius of this camp had gotten malaria. And they're like, what do y'all what do y'all do? What's the deal? And they're like, well, we got a guy who's, I don't even know how to, how to describe it, what the technical word is, but they basically said he has, his intestines have produced, when he farts or whatever, it has become a mosquito <laughs> deterrent. Now, y'all are thinking you make this up, but that you can Google this story. It's called Gone with the Wind. And so look. Jace, you watch uh, some lot of, lot of. So listen to this. This is a true story. What, so this, what kind this, of story is this? No, look. These doctors and, and a medical group have hired this guy, and they're studying his intestines trying to figure out what, I mean, his job, which I always thought that, you know, it's hard to come home to your family and say, what do you do for a living? And they're yeah. like, basically, I have become a test for the medical world to try to capture and harness whatever is coming from my body. 
because it is a mosquito fogger. You read it. It's, 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 I'm not making this up. So they hired him. They're trying He's to being make paid a to chemical. Fart. That's what you're saying. Yep. Well, they're making. They're trying to re- replicate the chemical concoction that I guess God put in his body that is yeah. a deterrent to mosquitoes. Cause I mean, you think about a six mile radius. So that's a fun fact for you. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> unless, unless you're married. <laughs> well, I did think about that. I was right. But it was something that he was embarrassed about. And now he's making money because they might have a mosquito fogger in the form of a human that can save people's lives from malaria. Yeah. So, hey, let's take one last break. So, in our in our last segment here, that, that brings up an interesting thought. So, we know there's science, and which is basically the study, continued study of surroundings and testing. That's what you're seeing. Those are scientists, Jace, that are, you know, trying to figure out what's different about this guy. So, they can formulate yeah. a theory, so then they can hopefully reproduce it. So yeah. we know that science produces laws, you know, the law of thermodynamics and there's certain, you know, law that matter can't be created or destroyed. And gravity. all this is, ba- yeah, gravity. All these are based on observable facts through years. And so they have these theories and then at some point they become laws. And so if people of faith, you know, we're kind of looked at as like, well, they don't believe in any of that because they believe in God. So they don't believe in science, but that's not true. Like we believe God is just bigger than that because he created everything. We're the ones trying to figure everything out. He's beyond Mm -hmm. that. So when something comes in and it's outside of the normality of science, we look at it and say, oh, you just said it, Jason. I guess God made him this way. or I guess God put him in this for some reason. Because I'm looking at it. it, Just have a bigger answer. That's right. I'm looking at it in that priority order. You know, when I read in John 1 where it says nothing in creation was made without Jesus, nothing. And then I read later on and understand once I come to Jesus that he now lives inside of me. Well, just look at just look at the I am statements of what he said. You know, he's the way he's love. He's light. He's truth. He's the shepherd. He's the the resurrection. He. Well, you just take all those qualities that you have inside of you. Well, after a while, you're looking around thinking, oh, I, I, I'm somebody because <laughs> of who's in me. I don't have to worry about death. I don't have to worry about past mistakes. I don't have to worry about being scared of the dark or finding truth. I, I have this access to this supernatural being yeah. that's in, in dwelling me. By the way, by the way, to prove your point, what I've I've been watching here lately in my older years, the statement, and there's several places it's mentioned, in the fullness of time, you say, Jesus appeared to, 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 to die for on a cross to get people out from under law. But the, that statement in the fullness of time, what's interesting to me is that going back to 2021, give or take one or two, three years, when when, when Jesus appeared, <clears throat> Bible says in the fullness of time. <clears throat> well, you think about that, Al. You say the maker of time <clears throat> appears in the fullness of time 
Well, y'all think about it. Look, these scriptures were written about him shortly after he left. The scriptures were written down and out. There's been no more scriptures. It all stopped. Well, right. the, 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 the passage of information about this one being, Jesus Christ, it's all just stopped. Nothing else yeah. has been said, which is well, pretty what, remarkable what if else, you look at it. What else would he need to do? That's I mean, my, he basically took away all your problems. Yeah. In, in a moment in time. And God just stopped talking, Al. He just. But I think the irony of that is that Jesus, who is eternal, because he was with God in the beginning. Yep. He was, you know, you had the Holy yep. Spirit hovering over the waters. And the he water. waited before he appeared. But he actually inserted himself into time. Well, think about how ironic that was. You got an eternal being that said, I'm now going to become a member of time for a short time which is what we live by time but he's not well he did it for 33 years that's right and then when he was resurrected well then he went back essentially as far as the time went back to where he started because he was internal that eternal anyway that's why he said it was impossible or peter said that for death to keep its hold on him because he had god's spirit but the, the fascinating part is that same spirit, Romans 8, 11, that caused him to come forth from the ground is, is living in us. And we're the same way. Yeah. All of a sudden, we go from inserted into time to eternal beings. That's it. I mean, I don't see why anybody wouldn't want in and on And you that. wonder why, Al. You say, well, what happened to the writings? God says, that ought to do it. Uh, it, a lot, he did a lot more while he was here, but even all the books in the world wouldn't hold what he, if you told the whole story. Exactly. This is enough that ought to do it for you. Well, I read it, and I'm like, you know, well, I have think you that's ever, the way out of here. Have you ever thought about that you know, verse we read all the time, that Acts 17, 26? Because <clears throat> right before that, he said, he gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should live on the earth. So that's what we're doing. Yep. But then it makes this little statement. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. That's right. I think humans who haven't encountered Jesus would find that impossible for some being to not only give you a spirit and give you a body in your mother's womb and do that multi-billion times if you look at the history of mankind. Yep. But he also did it at the right time for when they could come out to have the best chance to encounter him. Yep. Because the next verse says he did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him. So I don't think it's that hard to believe for God to do that. He's God. I mean, when you think of all the miraculous thing he does or the supernatural thing, do you find it hard to believe that God made every person on purpose in a way that they would find him? That's why faith, hope, and love, you look at that and you say, you know, when you get right down to it, if this is not it, Jace, I don't know where it is. It's, it makes a whole lot more sense to me, though, that, God is behind all this than to just think it all just happened 
And now we're fine. We're you know, what are we going to do with Bezos? Try to make a bunch of money so we can figure out how to get off the planet or to try to save the planet for the animals. And then we just all die. <laughs> well, well, we're spinning the wheels here. I'm telling you, you know, well, we only have a, a minute left and I'll use this as, you know, next time we get together, we'll be back in Romans 15. But one of my favorite passages in Romans 15 this will be our, our teaser for our next podcast, is in verse 7 where it says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So I want to I wanna dig deeper because I think every time when we look at the structure of what God has laid out for us, it's always about what he's done for us first. And second, it's how we respond. So when you when you base accepting one another, because this whole point of Romans is that everyone can be saved, that God is a lover of everyone, Jew, Gentile, all the differences that we tend Slave, to, to free, broke out. Slave, free, male, female. Yeah, it, everyone can be saved. But the foundation for that is you look at how Christ accepted us, and then in turn, you accept one another. So... That's the teaser for next time. When to Dad's point, as we as we wind up uh, a little tease for where we're headed, we're going to wind up uh, <clears throat> teaching or talking through the Book of Matthew, and the word fulfillment is used more in the Book of Matthew than any of the other Gospels or New Testament epistles, because that really becomes its theme that Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of everything. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of going to be the general basis of us going back, to, you know, through that wonderful gospel. So that'll be down the road as we go. Well, speaking of time, we're out of it uh, for the podcast. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.